and good afternoon. It is Friday and that means it is time for our lunch and learn. Now, I'm really excited, a little bit upset to have to give you this report because it's going to hit really, really close to home and I had absolutely no idea. So first I want to do a shout out to Sean. I've known Sean for probably over 20 years and he sent me a Facebook message and he said, you're going to want to know this. And he's absolutely right. I wanted to know this. I really don't want to know this, but I want to know this because it's really important for my health that I know these things. And so when he sent me this report and it said, this particular household item is genotoxic, right? Uh, what household product and do I have it and do I need to be concerned about it? And the answer is yes, I do. And yes, you do too, because genotoxic means it damages your DNA. Now, none of us wants to have our DNA damaged. We get older, me, I'm older. As we get older, we have a more high chance of having proteins misfold. All right, so you've got your double helix, right, DNA, and you've got that little bridge that holds those two coils together. Well, those are proteins, and as you get older, the cells replicate and they do all the things that they do, thank God they do, there is a higher incidence of misfolding the proteins and that gives you all kinds of on and off switches that you may or may not want to activate. And so if we have an opportunity to not have genotoxic substances in our life, then we want to do that, right? I know you're with me on that. So this is a long report. And so um, we're going to get right into it, and then you can make your own decision. Uh, I'm going to—it's going gonna, to be truth or dare, you know, true confessions from me because this hit me really, really hard, and I'm really careful about what I eat, but I had absolutely no idea. So let's get into it. So the household item is sucralose. Now, sucralose is a sugar alternative, and I would tell people I don't like it because it is sugar washed in chlorine. I did not know the full extent of what that meant, but now that I know, I'm going to let you know, and so knowledge is power, right? So sucralose is the most widely used sugar substitute in the United States. In the United States. It's most commonly sold under the name of Splenda. It's your little yellow packet when you go to the restaurant, all right? And it is a chemical that is used in over 6,000 food products. Now, I used to have the mindset, and my friend Velma's going to love this, I used to have the mindset that I don't do diet food, so I don't have to worry about ingredients. As long as it's not processed and all that kind of thing, then I'm going to be good. Well, what I did not know is that it was in 6,000 foods that are not necessarily labeled diet foods. And so if you're doing any kind of processed food, which really I do very, very little, so I wasn't really worried about it, but I'll go into that in a little bit. It's most often found in diet sodas, including Diet Coke with Splenda, Diet Pepsi with Splenda, as well as Gatorade's Propel Water, which is a also low-calorie Kool-Aid, who knew? Dr. Atkins product, who knew? All right, and other low-calorie foods and drinks. Now, I'm just going to tell you, up until I read this report, I did drink Propel. 
Why is that? Because like a lot of people, water doesn't taste especially exciting. And I like the way Propel tastes. I do not have a uh, cardiovascular issue with high blood pressure or anything like that. So it's not labeled diet. I didn't even think to look at the ingredients. But guess what is the sweetener that is in Propel? It is sucralose. So even though I have about 12 on my counter, right, they're all going in the trash because I'm not drinking them and my husband's not drinking them either, all right? Sucralose is over 600 times sweeter than sugar and it contains no calories. It's been marketed as healthy. It helps with obesity, so they will tell you, and it helps with diabetes. Now, we're going to show you that that is not necessarily truth in marketing, and so we need to understand that consuming products with sucralose, all right, leads to leukemia, weight gain, obesity, diabetes, liver inflammation, metabolic dysfunction, and other illnesses, including colon cancer, right? It is not worth it to me, even though I enjoyed past tense Propel, I am not going to drink that ever again because why? I don't want cardiovascular disease, leukemia, colon cancer, diabetes, obesity, all that kind of stuff. And so you have to make the choice on what you want to do, all right? Sucralose backers have claimed that it is poorly absorbed and does not significantly bioaccumulate in the body. However, a 2018 study found that sugar metabolizes and bioaccumulates in rats. Based on this recent science, the U.S. Right to Know petitioned the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the deceptive advertising claims by Tate and Lyle and Coca-Cola. I think may not be right on this, and we'll probably get to it in the report, that both of these uh, companies, well, I know that, that Splenda is made by Johnson & Johnson, all right, and so they've got this deceptive practice. So in May of 2023, that's just last month, so this is just hot off the press, the World Health Organization advises people not to consume non-sugar sweeteners, including sucralose for weight loss, based on a systemic review of the most current scientific evidence which suggests that the consumption of non-sugar sweeteners is associated with increased risk of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and all-cause mortality as well as increased body weight. Now we know that obesity here in the United States is an absolute epidemic. Two out of every three people are overweight, one out of every three people is obese. So obesity means that you have a lot of inflammatory processes in your body and you are going to have chronic disease if you are overweight. The Food and Drug Administration approved sucralose in 1998 for 15 food categories, but a year later it approved it as an all-purpose sweetener. It is the fastest shift in FDA's history. All right, so that's the lobbyists, okay, the lobbyists spent a lot of money in order to get that changed. In over 100 studies of the FDA reviewed at the time, none of them involved human beings. So they based their, oh, this is okay for humans, with zero 
human study. So there's something wrong with that. Where's the watchdog organization that's going to look at that and tell us that this is not this is not going to be good? So when they reviewed these, right, they only reviewed them for a year, okay? None of these tests involved humans and none of them were peer-reviewed, all right? That's a big, big red flag. Subsequent studies, including longitudinal ones involving human populations, have linked sucralose with a range of health problems. The FDA has never reevaluated its authorization based on current science, all right? The FDA's 1998 authorization claims that sucralose is poorly absorbed into the body, but recent science casts doubt on that claim. In 2008, in an interview conducted by the uh, FDA with Alan Ruiz, former FDA uh, director of the Office of Food and Safety, Ruiz, Ruiz sorry, stated that, quote, we discovered way too late in the process, I think, that there was an unresolved issue that had to do with the test animals in the studies showing a more than expected weight gain uh, while on sucralose dosing. Food and Chemical News reported in 1995 that the Johnson & Johnson subsidiary and marketer of sucralose as branded Splenda had planned to submit its product approval application, but, quote, in the process of completing the six-month clinical study in the diabetic population, the study raised concerns that the effects of sucralose on blood sugar in those individuals and asked the agency to withhold its final decision until advanced work could be done. Right? Who knew? Who would ever think that something that is marketed for diabetics actually increases the risk of diabetes and it increases the uh, risk of obesity. Sucralose is synthesized by chlorinating the sugar, sucrose, okay, by substituting three hydroxyl groups with chlorine atoms. All right, sucralose was invented by accident in 1975 when a laboratory leader at Queen Elizabeth College told an assistant to test the chemical, the assistant thought he said taste the chemical, which he did, all right? The chemical originally was uh, formed to be a pesticide, right? Kills the bugs in your garden. But because here we are, Chinese whispers, right? I don't know if you have that game in Canada and other, uh, other parts of the world, but in the United States, we have a game called Chinese whispers. You stand in a circle, I whisper something in your ear, you whisper it something, and it goes around the circle until it comes back to me. And it's absolutely hysterical. This is what I said, but this is what and what I got back, okay? It's not even the same. So the assistant was told to test he thought he heard taste. He tasted it. It was sweet and boom shakalaka. What was supposed to be a pesticide turned into a sugar substitute. Okay. The research team filed for a patent in 1976 and received it in 1984. Sucralose is marketed uh, under the name by... Um, uh, Splenda, which I told you, by Tate and Lyle, they're the marketing company, and it has no science etymology attached to it. All right, the proper name for this chemical, and I'm gonna, you know, is a polysyllabic word. All right, 
trichlorogalatinosucralose. Okay, so that's what it is. Because the word sucralose is similar to sucrose, a naturally occurring sugar, it falsely expresses an easy similarity with natural sugar. In fact, their motto is made from sugar just like sugar, which is absolutely uh, deceptive in that, all right? The uh, several regulatory agencies say that this motto is deceptive advertising. So sucralose most often is marketed as Splenda, but there are other brand names including Cucrin, ZeroCal, Nervella, Nevella, N-E-V-E-L-L-A, Candies, Sucrana, Candorel, Yep. Yellow and Sacra Plus. Alright, those are all the brand names. I've never heard of those, but I don't buy diet foods, so I would never look at those ingredients. A 2016 study from the researchers at the Rasmani Institute published in the International Journal of Occupation and Environmental Health, they examined sucralose consumption in mice. Researchers found, and I quote, a significant dose-related increased incidence of males bearing malignant tumors and a significant dose-related increase in hematopoietic neoplasmas in male. Now, hematopoietic, that means it's in your blood, so blood cancers. What are we seeing here in the clinic? We're seeing a rise of um, medioplastic syndrome, okay, which is a precursor of multiple myeloma, which is a leukemia-like blood cancer, all right? Uh, the finding does not support previous data that sucralose is biologically inert. Inert means inactive or not, not causing any kind of an issue here, all right? So this is very, very deceptive in their advertising, and we need to be able to understand this. In a 2023 to study and biomedicines reports that newborns whose mothers had consumed sucralose during their pregnancy were heavier and exhibited markers of metabolic alterations and low-grade systemic inflammation. What does low-grade systemic inflammation look like in a newborn? It looks like colic. It looks like eczema. Okay, it looks like skin disorders. How much of that do we see in the clinic today? A lot. All right, so they're finding that moms who drank drinks with sucralose or ate food with sucralose in it had significantly heavier babies and they had systemic inflammation. Systemic inflammation leads to allergies and it leads to chronic disease. All right, robust data shows that sucralose intake during gestation can predispose the offspring to weight gain, metabolic disturbances, and low-grade systemic inflammation. All right. Uh, a cross-sectional pers uh, perspective study, researchers compared the birth weight of infants born to mothers with light sucralose intake and heavy sucralose intake. Newborns born to mothers with high sucrose intake displayed significant increase in birth weight and insulin compared to mothers that did not do much sucralose. It showed a substantial 
increase in the percentage of inflammatory and non-classical monocytes compared to the neonates from low intake moms. The results demonstrate that heavy sucralose ingestion during pregnancies affects the neonates anthropomorphic metabolic and inflammatory features. All right, that's, that's significant. Nobody wants their babies to be born with chronic inflammation. Nobody wants their babies to be born heavy, right? We want our babies to be like not heavy because it affects the way, the way we function as well, right? All you moms know, know out there. So in a 2014 study in Nature, pointed to the risk of consuming artificial sweeteners generally and sucralose specifically for diabetic patients, the core market for sucralose. The paper concluded, all right, that artificial sweeteners drive the development of glucose intolerance through induction of compositional and functional alterations in the intestinal microbiota. What does that mean? That means when you drink or eat products with sucralose, you change the flora in your gut, which causes you to become insulin resistant. What is diabetic, diabetes? It is an insulin issue. You're not metabolizing your blood sugar properly, and so insulin resistance is a huge factor in developing diabetic, diabetes, okay? The increase in artificial sweetener consumption coincides with the dramatic increase in obesity in dia and diabetic epidemics. Our findings suggest that artificial sweeteners may have directly contributed to enhancing the exact epidemic that they themselves were intended to fight. So again, there is another irony there, all right? So why do we not know that? Why do we not know that? We don't know that because we're not being told the truth. In a 2013 study in trends in endocrinology and metabolism, now endocrinology is all about your glands that produce hormones, all right? The paper discusses accumulating evidence that consumers of sugar substitutes may be at risk to excessive weight gain, metabolic syndrome, type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease. The paper posits that consuming sweet tasting but non-caloric or reduced caloric food and beverages interferes with learned responses that normally contribute to glucose and energy homeostasis. But this interference, frequent consumption of high intensity sweeteners may have a counterintuitive effect of inducing metabolic derangements. All right. Don't you love that word, derangement? Nobody wants to be deranged. I don't want to be deranged in my gut because why? I've got a brain up here. I've got a brain right here. This brain needs to talk to this brain so this brain knows how to instruct the rest of my body to work. If this brain is compromised because I'm taking in sucralose, which is changing the microbiota in my gut, then this brain is not going to be getting the right um, information in order for me to be able to do what I need to do. So that's really, really, really important, okay? In a 2013 study published by Diabetes Care found that the ingestion of sucralose alters the metabolic response to an oral glucose load in obese people who are not regular consumers of the substance. The finding supports the notion that sucralose is not metabolically inert but has physiologic effects. 
And a 2016 study in cell metabolism found that chronic consumption of sucralose triggers a conserved neuronal fasting response and increases the motivation to eat. So let me translate that for you. If you consume sucralose, you're going to be more hungry. Why is that? Because even though you're eating a substance that is sweeter than sugar, 600 times sweeter than sugar, it does not compute in your brain. So your brain tells your body you need more sugar because it knows blood sugar is important for you to be able to function. So even though in reality, you're getting all the sweetness and more than you need, your brain is not recognizing it because it's not a food that your body understands. Remember, it was supposed to be a pesticide, right? Nobody's going to go out and uh, get your pesticide that you've got out in your garden and put that on your salad. Nobody's going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that. However, as I found much to my demise, uh, surprise, that the sucralose was in Propel and I had no idea because it was not labeled as a diet food. So I didn't even think anything about it. But you know what? Lesson learned. In a 2008 study, of the, in the Journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health, Part A, by the Duke University researchers, they found that rats exposed to Splenda at below, equal to, or above FDA-sanctioned uh, median acceptable daily intake level for 12 weeks showed numerous adverse effects, including reduced beneficial fecal mycophora, increased fecal pH, and enhanced expressed levels of proteins known to limit bioavailability of orally administered drugs and nutrients. Breaking that down for you, sucralose stops some kind of component in your mouth that breaks down your prescriptions and breaks down your nutrients so you're not getting the benefit of them. So hopefully, if you're watching this uh, broadcast, you know that, that prescriptions are not what we want as a lifestyle. We may need them in an emergency, but we don't want them as a lifestyle, right? But if we have to have them even short term and we're intaking sucralose, we're not going to get the benefit of the either the nutrients in our vitamins or in the uh, prescription medications that we are needing at that particular moment. So uh, the rats also experienced weight gain even at consumption levels below FDA's uh, accepted uh, recommended daily requirement. All right. If you have taken in sucralose for only 10 days, 10 days, all right, they found that you had insulin sensitivity in the human participants. The findings implied that one, carbohydrate metabolism is altered in the presence of sucralose, and two, this alteration leads to a decrease in the peripheral and central sensitivity to sugar and sweet taste. Of a particular concern, the authors note, the metabolic changes were observed at a very limited exposure. Let me break that down. You don't have to be drinking a lot of it in order for it to affect you. It's not like, you know, honestly, I would have at least one Propel per day, maybe two. If I was outside a lot, maybe three, honestly, okay? So what this study shows is you don't have to have a lot of it before you start to have significant adverse effects show up in your body. Thank God my blood work is good. I think I'm fine. But you know what? I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to do that anymore. All right? Um, 
The findings raise the possibility that the combination effect may be the major contributor to the rise in type 2 diabetes and obesity. If so, the addition of low-calorie sweeteners to increase the sweetness of carbohydrate-containing foods should be dis discouraged and the consumption of diet drinks with meals should be canceled, canceled against. In a 2018 study, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition concluded that research subjects who consumed sucralose showed a significant decrease in insulin sensitivity, leading the researchers to conclude sucralose may have effects on glucose metabolism. You think? You think so? I, I think so, okay? Lowered insulin sensitivity, sometimes called insulin resistance, can lead to higher blood sugar levels and the development of type 2 diabetes. One study provides confirming evidence that sucralose has a negative impact on insulin action, even in healthy individuals. And I'm a healthy individual, right? 2018 study in nutrition points to the impacts of insulin secretions and by extension the risk of type 2 diabetes among healthy sucralose consuming subjects. Long-term consumption of sucralose can develop insulin resistance and decrease AIR, which is acute insulin response, the researchers wrote. Their study says that demonstrated reduced AIR after only a four-week ingestion of sucralose. That means you don't have to do it for a long time. You don't have to do a whole lot of it. It's going to affect the way your insulin is produced and received by the receptors. And if you continue, then you are at a greater risk of obesity and you're at a greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes. All right. Um, in a 2019 study, the research found that a 48 milligram sucralose sip, okay, increases serum insulin and unbalances monocyte subpopulation in non-insulin resistant healthy adults, all right? Heightened insulin levels known as hyperinsulinemia increases the risk of obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and cancer. The apparently innocuous consumption of sucralose should be re-examined in light of these results. All right. Um, I, I don't want to go a whole lot more into this report because I know I'm running out of time and I probably sound like Charlie Brown's because all of this is, you know, I'm just geeking out here. Uh, in May 2023, in the Journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health, they examined the toxicological and pharmacokinetic properties of sucralose 6-acetate, an impurity in the manufacture of sucralose that is found in products containing sucralose. Quote, findings for sucralose 6-acetate raise significant health concerns regarding the safety and regulatory status of sucralose itself. The study also publishes that sucralose 6-acetate is genotoxic, saying that it damages the DNA. Now, I want to tell you that there are ads out there saying all of these health-conscious people 
are raising false alarms. Sucralose is very healthy. Sucralose is fine. Don't worry about it. We do not use sucralose 6-acetate in our um, manufacture. No, they don't use it. It is a byproduct of how they work with the sugar. So the ads are misleading. And if you don't have a science degree or you're not listening to someone who's trying to explain this to you, you're going to look at that ad and it's, it, it's, you know, people are just hyped up about nothing. It's all a big to do about nothing. But you're not understanding that what they're saying is true. They're not using that in the manufacture process. No, it is a byproduct of the manufacturing process and you can't get away from that. All right. So, uh, let me give you just a few more facts and figures before my time is up. In a 2020 study published in Gut Microbes concluded that sucralose consumption in pregnant mice inhibited intestinal development, induced imbalance of gut microbiota and low-grade inflammation, and further disrupted the gut barrier function in three-week-old offspring. The data suggests that excessive sucralose uh, should be taken with caution, especially during pregnancy and lactation. The new insight into better understanding of the pathogenesis of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is also implicated. So, breaking this down, we see and you see infants with eczema and colic and cradle cap and all these inflammatory diseases. Why is that? Because of the sucralose. We're seeing a lot of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We're seeing a lot of cardiovascular disease. What I want to tell you is we have this product. It's called Meta. Meta kind of leads you to metabolic disorders, which all of these things are. Cardiovascular disease is a metabolic disorder. Um, skin diseases, metabolic disorder. Obesity, metabolic disorder. Cancer, metabolic disorder. Um, diabetes, metabolic disorder, cholesterol, I don't know if I said that or not. Anyway, almost every chronic disease is a metabolic disorder. And sucralose, I hope I have convinced you, I have 18 more pages to go, okay? But I hope that I've convinced you that we really need to look at our food supply and we really need to examine, even when it doesn't say it is a health food, okay, or sorry, a diet food, we need to examine it and make sure that it does not have sucralose in it. This girl, not, I'm not doing any more Propel. Sorry, Propel, I love you, but I'm not going to have any more because I do not want genotoxic material in my body. My whole life is dedicated to making sure that DNA is right, making sure those vibrational frequencies are right, making sure everything is just the way it needs to be. And so if I'm ingesting something that is going to cause a metabolic disorder, going to cause cancer, going to cause all those different things. I'm, I'm just fooling myself, right? And I tend to think I'm a little bit smarter than that. I tend to think that you are a little bit smarter than that as well. So if you want Meta, let me know. We keep it in the clinic. We have it all the time. It is amazing. We've had really good results with cholesterol, sugar management, um, 
fatty liver disease. We've seen that photos before, photos after are absolutely uh, you know, different. And so we want to make sure that if you have done this, like me, I, honest, I'm being honest, I have done this. So guess what? I'm going to start doing another 90 day of meta. Why? Because I need to clean up whatever metabolic disorders that I have done to myself because I have been ingesting Propel. All right. And yes, Velma, the less ingredients, the better for sure. All right. So it is the weekend. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Love your people. You just never know how long they have. You never know how long you have. So make the best of every day. And I will see you next week with some something really exciting. Not sure what I'm going to do, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless. So again, thank you, Sean, for bringing this to my attention. And uh, I appreciate the shout outs. I appreciate the, the comments, the shares, the likes, all, all the things you guys do. And so I do appreciate you. Have a great weekend and I will see you next week.